Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Floor 9. Uh, this is Adam Simon, the Managing Director of the IPG Media Lab, and your host, as per usual. Uh, we have a very exciting episode today. On Joining us on the show are Edwin Wong, the SVP of Insights and Research at Vox Media, and Kara Manet, Intelligence Solutions at Magna, uh, here to talk to us about the uh, blockbuster report on podcasting that they recently released called A New Era of Influence. Edwin and Kara, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Adam. Kara, it's great to share this podcast with you. And as we get started, I wanted the audience to get to know what we do. So if you were to walk into a dinner party where you didn't know anyone, how would you describe your job to them? Well, I love the way you phrase that, Edwin, because it really hits home for me. Every time I go home to visit my in-laws, I get asked, what is it you do again? <laughs> I've been trying to explain to my friends, but I just can't get it right. And so finally, my husband gave me a big nudge and was like, you got to simplify it. <laughs> they don't understand digital. They don't understand. So um, finally, I did just that. And I, I gave them a very short sentence that I use now every time they ask. I do research to help brands make better ads. <laughs> and that kind of did it. Um, and so, of course, there's more to it than that. You know, I'm essentially conducting custom research to help our clients and help our teams make better buying decisions. But I do research to help brands make better ads is really it in a nutshell. <laughs> and so that's what I sp have spent my career doing. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about you, Edwin, and your role at Fox. I think what some listeners may not know is that you really are a top thought leader in media and advertising. I certainly know over the many years I've known you that I have very much respected you and the work that you've put out over your career. So uh, tell us a little bit about your role and why you chose Vox Media. First of all, thank you for that. Um, that's super kind. And um, in, all, in all seriousness, um, I think I've, I've really just loved being um, a part of the digital ecosystem and studying it. Uh, I had the real fortune of being the young guy uh, 20 years ago at a brand consultancy. And so they gave me the chance to uh, work with and consult with many of the, the first uh, startups, uh, whether it's Yahoo or eBay in the early 2000s. And uh, in a way, I totally still remember when we grew up, Kara, together at Yahoo for many, many years. Um, we transitioned to Pinterest um, and now working at a company like Vox. Um, I think one of the things that I really love about the three companies, the, the number of companies that I've actually had the chance to work at was this deep respect for building really engaging products and, and cool experiences for the user. Uh, and so, you know, that that literally is why I wanted to be a part of it. I love podcasts. I love what they do on Vox. I love what they do on The Verge. Uh, even the community, uh, Silver Screen and Roll uh, around the Lakers. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I really love the most, Kara, is that I think Vox really respects the discipline of, of insights and research. I get to work with award-winning researchers like you. Uh, I think the world should know that. Uh, you literally have won a number of them. And so it, it's awesome. And so I have a, a great time and I'm actually really excited to be doing something like this with you today. Well, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. And yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's always fun for me to get to know people better. And we actually, you know, had this conversation, I think, at the beginning of our work. And I, I think you expressed your love for podcasts like, like I have. And so I want the world to know, um, what is your favorite genre? 
what is your favorite podcast? And if I wasn't asking this, uh, I would be doing a disservice to Vox Media. <laughs> what is your favorite Vox Media podcast? All very easy questions uh, because very top of mind for me, of course, because as you said, I very much love podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, though, I listen to a wide range of podcasts. I love celebrity interviews. I listen to finance and business podcasts. But my number one genre, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, is the genre of true crime. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yes. Yes. Tell me more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit it here. True crime. I listen to a lot of it. Um, and when it comes to my favorite Vox podcast, it's a no brainer. It's criminal. And I know I just said, I listen to a lot of true crime. And then I just said my favorite podcast is criminal, but I do have to say that criminal is a little bit different criminal. Yes. Is kind of rooted in, um, true crime, um, stories you've never heard. Uh, but the stories are completely different. They are actually very heartwarming at times. So <laughs> criminal, highly recommend it. That's interesting. So I've got two things to say to that. I'm a horrible, horrible friend because um, the criminal merch shop literally dropped last week and I didn't tell you. So I'm saying this on this you, podcast. Okay, you, you are a horrible friend <laughs> for a minute. I'm just kidding. I'll forgive you, but... <laughs> I promise, I think we're supposed to see each other in Boston um, and I will yes. have some merch for you for sure. Uh, and this podcast is basically our bond. Um, yes. But more importantly, I want to get back to that, that first thing that you said. Um, you said heartwarming story and criminal stories. And I, I, I actually want you to touch on that. Like what, what exactly did you mean? What did you learn from the, the first heartwarming story? To give me an example of, of that. Oh goodness, there are so there's so many and they're all kind of heartwarming in different ways. But let me think. The the very first episode I listened to actually was about the town that I lived in at the time. When I first heard it, I was living in Oakland. <clears throat> so it was a story based in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And basically it was about this couple who lived across the street from this sort of boulevard kind of div weird divider in the mm -hmm. road. So kind of like empty land. There was nothing that could be done with that land. It was serving its purpose, but it needed to stay empty pretty much. It's not like you could build anything there. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem was people were coming in and just dumping trash in the middle of the night, you know, making across the street from their house and the whole street just looked dumpy and horrible. And so the couple tried putting up no dumping signs. They put up cameras. They did all sorts of things to try to get people or discourage people from dumping their trash there. Mm -hmm. And nothing really seemed to work. And then they thought of this interesting idea, which was to put a Buddhist statue there. Now, these people, this couple was not religious. They weren't Buddhists. Um, but they just kind of had this crazy idea um, to maybe be sending out this positive vibe instead of like no dumping signs mm -hmm. and so they put a buddha statue out and basically overnight it stopped the dumping people stopped dumping trash there and people basically random strangers started to embellish it people came in and like custom built a stand for it people built a shrine around it buddhists from all over the world came to pray at it wow. and it's kind of become this whole thing and I just thought it was such a lovely story, especially living in Oakland and knowing, you know, the, the town and all of that. And it, it kind of completely changed the tone of that street and became a very unique part of Oakland. And yes, I have visited it. 
I, w- I was seriously just about to ask, like, did you, when you went back, did you make it a point because that was like a, a center for you? You're like, oh, this is. I went to see it the next day. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you yeah. embellish it in any way when you got there? No, no, I didn't, but I, did, I very much enjoyed it being able to, you know, hear the whole story about it and then just see it in person and see how much everybody in the neighborhood cared about it was That's really awesome. cool. I love that. So I also have to say that, you know, every time we bring up this topic, certainly in personal circle circles, if you bring up podcasts, people, you know, start talking about their favorite podcast. But even as we talk about podcasts at work, regardless of how kind of formal the conversation is, people just can't help themselves. They <laughs> love to talk about their favorite podcast and they love to share information with other people on it. Mm-hmm. And so like even sitting at, you know, the dinner table last night, uh, telling my daughter, trying to maybe impress her that I was doing a podcast today. <laughs> awesome. She very much knows what a podcast is. She was like, you have to bring up my favorite podcast. And her favorite podcast is Grim, Grimmer, Grimace. So I'm um, <laughs> checking that box. That's her favorite one. And so now, Edwin, you have to share about your. That, that's amazing that your your daughter is is still impressed by you. I, I actually told <laughs> my my kids who are 14 and 12, I was doing a podcast today. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> oh, teenagers. You're, you're famous already. They're used to you doing well. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think we're going to get into this uh, with some of the data, but I, I really think that podcasts, they do represent uh, things that I love the most. Um, I've told you like a million times. I've told anyone who will listen, I love the NBA. And so, you know, the Lakers, I grew up on them. And so the Laker Nation podcast with Trevor Lane. Um, I listened to Verno uh, and Kevin O'Connor and the mismatch, the ringer with uh, Logan and Raja. Kara, I don't even uh, know if you remember um, Cliff Kim at Yahoo. Um, he used to work for me uh, a long time ago or work on my team anyways. And he now, uh, he does something uh, very amazing with Fender, but he, he runs his own podcast called SBR. It's called Sitting in the Back Row, and literally, uh, it's the funniest, uh, but so insightful because it's it's basically a, a podcast from a fan for the fans. And so I just really love that he's doing that, and I listen to his show whenever he puts something out. But you know, it's just such a interesting example of um, how it's an expression of, of um, my own passion and. Just from a journalism tech related sort of uh, perspective, I obviously love Nilay Patel's Vergecast and, and, you know, anything Kara Swisher, Scott Galloway. So it's like Pivot, On, Prof G. I listen to essentially all three of them. Very cool. I did not know about Cliff Kim, but I'm definitely going to listen to it. And I think just as a fitting close to this project, I'm going to have to listen to a, a handful of your favorites. Um, but switching gears a little bit, you know, as you know, I have been itching to do more research on podcasts for years now, um, partially because of my obvious love for them as a consumer and mm-hmm. listener, but also because while there is research out there on podcasts, a lot of it is related to media consumption and ad effectiveness. And those are two very important things that we need to know, you know, as marketers. But this research is different. This is tapping into kind of what we're talking about right now, our passion and love for podcasts. This is really deep research. And so um, why were you interested in this aspect of podcasts? You know, I think whatever media scales, um, both of us actually want to understand it more. And that's why we're kind of in the jobs that we do from an awareness, you know, 
podcasts are ubiquitous. Nine in 10 know what they are. You know, nearly half are subscribing to a podcast, about a third consume a show weekly. And so I think as a, as a media, the, the market opportunity for brands uh, has grown a lot. Um, and it's also, I think, really interesting to know that for much of the media that has come up over the last two decades or, or any media for that matter, you always talk about the scale first uh, and then what happens next. The prevailing theme is this concept of, of influence. And so how influential is uh, this, this, this media? And usually when we talk about influence, especially in media today, you would think social media, you know, even, even if not Facebook or Instagram or threads or Snapchat, like I'm thinking Zenga and, and you know, Flickr, the things that we grew up with. Yes. But, you know, the study of, of influence, it's as old as 75 years ago uh, when Lazarfeld and, and Katz, they introduced the two-step theory of, of personal influence in the 50s. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of joked about this, that when you think about influencer marketing, it's several hundreds of years old. It started with Josiah Wedgwood working with Queen Charlotte in 1765 and, you know, creating Queensware and selling out. And obviously it works. You can still buy Wedgwood plates. Um, but the reason why it was so important for me is, well, how are podcasts actually changing this concept of influence? What's its role in our lives? How should we actually think about the format, the time we spend with them? It literally got me super excited uh, when we started talking about the idea. And so that's, that's really what was important to me. So Kara, why was it important for IPG to partner with Vox specifically to, to learn about podcasts? Because of Vox's quality being so high, we actually suspected before we started this research that listeners would be even more passionate about Vox podcasts and that hosts would carry a special kind of extra influence. And so it was kind of interesting to find out in the research and see that proven out in the data that Vox podcasts are actually two times more likely to have impacted people's beliefs and have impacted their perceptions compared to other networks. What did you find most interesting about the findings? I found that when three quarters of the listeners said that podcasts, it's their favorite source, their main source for information and topics that they're most passionate about to be, it's astounding. I mean, if you think about it, it's not just a source, it's actually the source. And I think that expression um, actually says something about the medium. We're literally trusting the podcaster to synthesize information you know, we always talk about how when it comes to the folks that are creators and influencers on social networks, they do inspire. That was the whole goal. Um, I, I definitely think that podcasts, they tend to help us aspire to some degree, which is a little bit different. And mm -hmm. if you just look at the form and function, we have more control. It's a bit more intimate and hopefully more authoritative. Like hopefully if we have to actually talk about something like the two of us about research, we actually have some authority over the topic. And yeah, Kara, one of the things I actually wanted you to actually talk about was, was this concept of authority and trust. Um, you know, can, can you uh, talk about that just a little bit more and, and what you thought about that? I think that the fact that so many people rely on podcasts as their main source of information, specifically for the topics they care about most, 
I mean, how is that not trust, right? right. That's right. Your, you're choosing it as your main source of information about what's most important to you. And so, you know, in our focus groups, that's exactly what we found. People talking about just more broadly how much information there is out there. So much information on so many different platforms and how overwhelming that can be as a just regular person, right? Listeners spoke about how much they trusted podcasters to highlight what's important to them. Also, I'll say that many of them talked about the amount of work, like they're very aware of the amount of work that goes into creating podcast content. And we're also very aware that podcast hosts, you know, podcasters, they're putting their name and their reputation on the line when they put their content out. And so the knowledge of those two things really helps to fuel trust in the content. I really love that emphasis on fueling trust um, and this concept of trust. uh, And I definitely second that, you know, even when it comes to my own listening uh, habits and and what I think about the podcasters I listen to. When we were actually doing the work, uh, you really uh, lashed on to the concept of podcasts helping people reach their potential. I found that to be really enlightening. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because it was something that you picked out in the data set. Why was this point so important to you? If you look at the numbers, you know, we found 82% of people say that podcasters have had a positive impact on people's lives. They're not just helping them kill time. They're having a positive impact on their actual personal lives. It's multifaceted. And it actually mm-hmm. is a driver of listener, listenership. In other words, people are listening for that reason. They're actively seeking out self-actualization by listening to podcasts. You know, for some people, it's motivation. For others, it's personal growth or self-improvement or even just inspiration. You know, we've been doing so much other pieces of work around this concept of mental wellness and well-being. This just sort of dawned on me. Is there some sort of intersection of how does that does this medium actually contribute to that if it actually is about that self-improvement and self-actualization? From a marketer's perspective, it is is pretty compelling to be able to reach people when they mm-hmm. are in that mindset. Because again, they're actively seeking that self-actualization. They're actually actively seeking that in-depth information. You know, an open positive mindset is something that is you know, very powerful, I think, for, for marketers. In fact, a few year, a couple years ago, I think we did some research. It was about one year ago. We did mm-hmm. some research where we quantified what drives effectiveness of ads. And mm-hmm. we looked at mindset and we looked at targeting. And what we found is that reaching people when they are in an open, relevant mindset can actually be more important for driving metrics that brands care about than what is traditionally considered as good targeting. So in other words, reaching the right people. Context um, actually uh, is so critical for marketers to think about for sure. Um, You you also pointed out, you know, outside of self-actualization, outside of trust, um, why do you think this connection and this concept of friendship uh, is an important one when it comes to just podcast as a medium. 80% of listeners feel like they're listening to a friend when they're listening to their favorite podcasters. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting, right? 80% of people feeling like they're sitting back listening to a friend. That's how close the connection is and that's how close the friendship is. And so as you and I have discussed before, you know, Aristotle talks about a lot of different types of friendships and the fact that 
there are really three main types. Um, right. There are friendships that are rooted in pleasure, and there's friendships that are rooted in utility. And then there's also friendships that are rooted in goodness. Mm-hmm. And he believed, you know, that the longest lasting, most meaningful friendships would be the ones that were based in goodness, because mm-hmm. those are the friendships that really help both parties to grow as people. I love that we're talking about Aristotle. Right. If you think about uh, what we're seeing today in the influencer space, you know, we see a whole lot of relationship dynamics between content creators and consumers, and That's mostly right. they're rooted in pleasure or utility. But what we really need to be moving to next is that concept of goodness. With friendship comes intimacy. And yep. when when does intimacy become influence? Why don't you talk a little bit about that? I was, I was talking to another friend, uh, Jen Whaley, who I was hanging out with at, at a research conference. And we started to talk about the evolution of parasocial relationships. If you look at the classic definition, they're really one-sided relationships that you might have that someone doesn't quite know they're having with you. And usually it's with a celebrity or a fictional character. Um, They've existed for thousands of years. And when we look at those relationships, it used to be with uh, a pharaoh or a deity of sorts. And, you know, in in fact, if you look at uh, what some of the, some scientists have actually talked about, uh, Shira Gabriel, she's a psychology professor at the University of Buffalo. She said it's actually quite healthy and beneficial. Um, If you were to look at these parasocial relationships uh, in terms of media, you know, I think we started with fictional characters or characters that we would never actually quite be able to touch, whether they were musicians or TV and movie stars. Uh, for me, sadly, it was uh, Alex P. Keaton of Family Ties, Thursdays at, <laughs> at 9.30. Um, I love that he always wore a sports jacket and was so, super serious. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, I think what we ended up doing is we looked at the evolution of that with with social and things got a little bit more intimate, yet still one-sided. Podcasters, because of the nature of the medium, I think they're the first to transcend and actually create true intimacy because of the length of time. It's not, you know, 30 seconds or a minute in a feed, but it's literally hours. Um, and that engagement, I think that usually translates because we actually have um, such a passion for what the hosts um, are, are actually talking about. Um, and so, you know, when you sort of start to, to translate into what this might mean, um, it, it, it really starts to transfer into influence. Um, and, and, and instead of actually narrowing things down, we actually see expansion and new points of views. Uh, And it's exactly counter to how we're actually thinking about media today with algorithms. It's always about narrowing. It's about, you know, supersizing and filtering us into size. Whereas right now, I think what's happening with this uh, intimacy is it actually expands our point of views. Um, And, and, you know, what's interesting is that 90% of consumers that listen to podcasts, they say that they've been made more open uh, to new point of views because if you think about the things that we listen to for hours, uh, it creates nuance and it allows for people to explain themselves. Um, And in a world that's actually filled with probably lots of content that divides us, I really like that this medium um, is is something that might enlighten us. It might teach us um, new value systems. It creates empathy 
it could even combat a stereotype. And one of the things that, you know, I think you brought up was when talking to listeners and some of the qual work that, that Sham was able to do for us, um, one of the best quotes was that someone said that um, a podcaster is their teacher or their mentor. And, and I really love that. I, I totally would not expect someone to say that about their uh, Instagram creator that they follow. Um, and so I, I do wonder um, whether or not the format is actually having this, this opportunity in terms of changing points of views. Yeah, absolutely not. I cannot imagine anybody saying that their social media influencer is their teacher and mentor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, can't imagine it at all. And to, to kind of take that concept a little bit further, you know, I think the significance of any medium isn't just the ability to make us better versions of ourselves, but to actually make an impact on our our, our lives in the sense that we're making smarter decisions in life, right? And what we saw with the research is that over three-fourths say that they've made smarter decisions because of what they've heard on a podcast. And what's interesting, I think, is that people are using podcasts to make a whole host of different types of decisions. It's not just about self-improvement. And, you know, I say it's not just about self-improvement because we've talked a lot about self-actualization, but it, but it actually goes beyond that in a way because it extends to other you know, other types of decisions like financial decisions, business decisions, and even what people themselves are calling life-changing decisions. Right. So it's all sorts of decisions beyond self-improvement as well. And so again, you know, from a brand's perspective, it's important for us to understand as an industry really that, you know, these ads are translating into actual purchases because of that influence. I, I think the reason why that could be the case is I, I actually remember um, one of my other favorite shows that I didn't talk about is uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, Conan Needs a Friend. Um, and I think about a month ago, he referenced the conversation that he had with, I believe it was David Letterman or Johnny Carson. And he said that whether it's a talk show and today's podcast, the reason why um, this might actually happen is, is because all of him comes out. And so, you know, he might be interviewing a famous actor or actress, but it segues into his feelings and thoughts about mental health or the car that he wants to drive or a wonderful place that he's eaten or visited. Um, I, I think what's interesting is that the, the this format actually allows, to your point, Kara, the decisions to actually span well past what's endemic to the podcast. And so you're having that sort of impact. Um, one thing that was interesting that just happened last week, um, I was listening to him interview Patton Oswalt, who obviously is a, a wonderful comedian. And uh, they literally spent 20 minutes educating the listeners about AI's impact on the entertainment industry, its impact on the writer's strike and how that was gonna have huge contract implications purely talking about AI, not even about entertainment. And it was fascinating. And, you know, as a joke, um, I've probably learned more about psychedelics than I choose to or <laughs> want to from Scott Galloway. But, you know, I, I think that that's precisely right, Kara. The, the influence probably spans so much more out of the endemic just because the format sort of allows that. What did you think about the insight that podcasters are actually more influential than, than influencers themselves. Uh, that surprised me. Uh, why do you think that is, Kara? 
Well, first, let me tell you what the stat is so everybody can get a sense of the, the scope. And there's actually a couple important stats here that I'll talk about, but mm -hmm. the number is 50%. Basically, 50 per, people are 50% more likely to say that a podcaster is influential compared mm -hmm. to a media social media influencer. And it's even higher for Vox listeners uh, because they are twice as likely to believe that to be true of Vox podcasters compared to other networks. And so, mm -hmm. you know, this connection is so powerful that podcasters are now considered even more influential than other categories of influencers. So we basically, if you, I'm trying to visualize this pie, I have this pie in my head from, from one of our charts <laughs> that adds up right. to 100% where people have to pick. They can't just say, yes, it's influential. And this one's also influential. They have to pick what is most influential. And what we found is that 75% say podcast hosts are most influential to them compared to only 15% who say social media influencers and 10% who say TV and movie celebrities. That That is actually one of the most astounding charts, uh, that pie chart um, within within the work that we sort of did together. And, you know, I, I actually found that surprising. And then when I thought about it, even in my own life, it started to completely make sense. What should brands actually think about? You were talking about earlier in the podcast, you uh, have been doing this work and it's about helping brands make better ads and engage consumers uh, within the medium. Uh, when you are taking all of this work, um, when we actually have actually taken all this work, uh, what would you actually recommend to a brand uh, as the most effective way possible to, to leverage it, to think about it, and to do good things for the consumer? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because this was one of the most refreshing <laughs> aspects of this work, which is kind of surprising because a good portion of this was kind of a deviation from brands and ads. We were talking, you know, learning about you know, relationships and influence and all of that. Some of the findings were 180 degrees from what we see on other platforms. Um, listeners actually welcome brands to sponsor an entire episode. Mm -hmm. They welcome brands to offer more information. What I would recommend to brands is that this is really the place to be telling the important stories that you want to tell about your brand and for detailed information about your product. So, Kara, if I were to boil down the study, in three specific points, um, I think I would actually say podcasts, they do represent this next evolution of unrivaled influence. And I, and I don't use that uh, word unrivaled um, lightly. Uh, we actually saw that the influence is three times higher than that of, say, a social influencer or a TV celebrity. Uh, point two, it seems that this medium expands our point of view so that we can make smarter decisions in life and, and not just endemically to the podcast, but all parts of life that uh, impact us, big decisions, financial decisions, wellness decisions. Um, and I love your last point. If you respect the long form engagement with the user, there are many flexible opportunities uh, for brands to actually uh, connect with the user in this new medium. Yes. Kara, I, thoroughly enjoyed working with you. I feel so blessed that I get these opportunities. And I personally wanted to thank you uh, and your team for, for working with Vox Media. Oh, Edwin, I feel the same way. I feel uh, very lucky to have worked with you on this project. And always, as always, you elevate 
everything that we, we do in this industry. So thank you for your partnership. Thanks. And for anybody who is interested in seeing the uh, full report, it is called A New Era of Influence, Podcasters' Emergence as One of Today's Most Influential Figures in Media. You'll be able to find a link to the report in the show notes. You can also go to voxmedia.com and search for uh, A New Era of Influence or Podcast Research. Thanks for your time today. 